Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Eddie Money, who had, uh, I guess, a mediocre uh, career, a pop star career in the 1970s, sort of make a, made a comeback in the 1980s, has passed away at age 70 of throat cancer. To talk more about this, uh, Eric Elper is with us, publicist, uh, music commentator, and is on the air now. Eric, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. No problem. I was just checking out on Expedia how much two tickets to paradise was, and it's about $42,000. There you go. And one's already taken, I guess. <laughs> That's right. And nine people are watching that. That's it. That's it. Uh, so talk a little bit about Eddie Money. Certainly not a big pop star by any means, but when he did make contact, he did have a hit. He did have hits. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, you, you've got to look back into around. Uh, the mid-1970s, early 1980s, where Eddie Money first made his mark. And it was a few years before where he left the police force in Brooklyn, New York City. He was spending time as a New York City police officer um, going in the footsteps of his father, who worked in law enforcement. But he decided to leave that to do music and played a lot of the blue-collar pubs and, and gigs around New York City and Detroit and Boston and New Jersey. And I uh, started having hits like uh, you know, like um, Two Tickets to Paradise and Maybe I'm a Fool and Think I'm in Love and then really cracked it in the MTV era um, with uh, Take Me Home Tonight back in 1986. Uh, so again, this started, his career started, uh, I remember him having hits in the latter part of the 1970s. Then his career seemed to um, uh, taper off for a bit. And then during the 1980s, as you mentioned, during the MTV area, uh, era, uh, all of a sudden had a resurgence, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, because it was still at a time when classic rock really on the radio wasn't really classic rock. These songs were still getting played on FM radio right around the world. And he was touring a lot because he signed a really crappy record deal and uh, ended up in a, in a little bit of a pickle with his management company. So even though that he was having top 10 billboard hits, he wasn't rolling in the dough. And I think that's where he kept um, his persona that was real of just this rock and roll guy from the streets um, wearing, you know, blue jeans and a shirt, never looked flashy, never had backup dancers, and just played rock and roll in the manner that, you know, people like John Cougar Mellencamp uh, and John Prine loved because he kind of kept it real through all this time. And then, um, sadly, though, he ended up having um, a, a drug problem in the late 80s, early 90s that took him away from the stage. But he got back healthy and started touring the casino circuit all over again. Uh, and talk about uh, the, the hit he had in the 80s and bringing Ronnie Spector back. How did that all happen? And, and just, again, our appetite for nostalgia that made this take off? Yeah, I think it hit that perfect moment where the baby boomers and the 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 adults of the 80s remembered when they were teenagers listening to Be My Baby by the Ronettes that was headed up by Ronnie Spector. Um, and it was produced by Phil Spector in his wall of sound, just that amazing, amazing studio um, quality that he had to all of his songs back in the late 60s, like You've Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. And he appeared on Late Night with David Letterman and performed the song and by all surprise Ronnie Spector came out in one of her very first appearances um, since she kind of left the marriage of Phil Spector and we later found out that Phil had kept Ronnie 
literally a hostage for 10 or 15 years, keeping her in mm. the house and never let her make any public appearances. So that David Letterman appearance was really the first time that a lot of us had actually seen Ronnie Spector, um, at least in person or on the TV. And David Letterman went on to say that that was his all-time favorite performance he's ever had on the show, because that's exactly the age group that not only loved rock and roll in the 80s, but remembered that line of be my little baby that makes up the chorus. Uh, Didn't Letterman have Ronnie Spector back like every Christmas to do something too after that as a result? Yeah, she she ended up singing um, her Christmas song every holiday season for years and years after that. I think it's I'll Be Home for Christmas. I think that's the one. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it kind of, you know, resuscitated her career as well. Uh, Did she ever speak much of the time other than the story we heard about he kept her, he held her hostage. Did she speak much about uh, Phil Spector after his arrest and such? I don't think he, she spoke a lot. There's a really great autobiography that she published back in the late 80s that is just a, a horrible read only because it's so devastating to mm. see this 16, 17-year-old girl um, who just wants to make it in the music industry end up in the in the tangled web of Phil Spector who was everything that you don't want on your side. He was a paranoia guy. He loved playing with guns. He was dangerous. And, you know, later on, he ended up accidentally, allegedly, you know, shooting somebody that was in his house. Um, So, you know, he was bad news all around. Um, You know, the music aside, he's just one guy that, you know, I think messed with Ronnie Spector so much that it kind of did her head in for a number of years. Will we hear more of that story, do you think, more of his story? Um, I don't think so. I think, I, you know, it, it's funny because when the whole... Media when you think of all the, all the rock biopics and stuff they're doing now, I mean, that would be pretty interesting, his whole uh, influence in music in that era, and like you said, the whole wall of sound and the amount of bands that he had produced and had success with. Yeah, I you know, it's funny because during the whole Me Too movement and and the, the Twitter universe started going back 20, 30, 40 years um, earlier with men in Hollywood or men in the music industry and what they did that wasn't okay back then. I'm surprised that Phil Spector's name wasn't brought up, but I think part of it is his story is fairly well known. Um, you know, there was that docudrama that came out with Al Pacino uh, as Phil Spector. And I think it just came a little Hmm. bit too early for the Me Too movement to kind of latch on to. But I think it's pretty common knowledge that this was one bad dude. All right. So uh, how come Eddie Murphy, because he had, I'm not sure how big these songs were. Did he ever have a number one song or did he just get top 10? Um, He pretty much had top 10s. I think, you know, the biggest song that he had was Baby Hold On, which hit number 11, and then Two Tickets to Paradise hit number 22. But, you know, his songs survived um, so much longer, I think, than anybody had it expected to, you know, because when you have that mark of Homer Simpson singing your song on Hmm. The Simpsons, that's when you know (laughs) that you made it. And you and I, we were talking off air where he made an appearance on the show The Kings of Queens. Um as himself, as an Eddie Money impersonator. So, you know, he's, he's <laughs> I'll never forget this scene because so they walk into a bar and it's an Eddie Murphy tribute band and they say, hey, that's like that's pretty close. That's really good for a tribute band. And then you realize it actually is Eddie Murphy and there's some sort of, uh, that, or sorry, it. Eddie Money and there's some sort of contract dispute. So yeah, he's playing and, as a tribute artist. Yeah, and he ended up making a little bit of money 
um, when the when the song and he appeared on those Geico commercials yeah, that yeah, yeah. traveled across North America. And that stuff totally helped. That's about $350,000 worth of royalties right there. Are we paying more attention to this artist than we should, considering he, you know, probably a mid-level artist, or is it the songs were made an impact? No, I, I, I think we're going to pay exactly the right amount of attention. Right now, he's the number two trending topic on Twitter in North America. And like most things that are on Twitter, everything will kind of pass during yeah. the next day or so. But I think it's a really good opportunity for people who like rock and roll to go back and realize that, this guy had a lot of hits and a lot of um, consistent good old rock and roll songs. I think that they might be missing on the radio today. Eric Alper has been with us, music publicist and commentator. Eric, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Have a great weekend. You too. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.